podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield app, uh, Neil Atkinson, Dan Morgan, Rob Gutman and Paul Senior with you uh, for the next 50-55 minutes or so to talk about uh, Liverpool 1, Burnley 1, uh, maybe have a little look ahead to Leicester that we may leave that one for today uh, because we've got to work out what's going on with Liverpool having what can only now be described, Dan, as a, as a hugely frustrating week. They've conceded eight, uh, scored three. Uh, obviously, the Man City game's the 5 nil in there and it, it, it does sort of hang out a little bit, but... It's now two two disappointing results back to back. Really, Seville's a little bit different, uh, but Burnley is a game Liverpool should be winning. However, good at what they do, Burnley are. Yeah, it's um, it's a game very much that you feel like you shouldn't or you can't go a goal behind in because it just makes life ten times harder, and that's more a credit to Burnley than anything else. But in context of the week we've had with. Not so much City now, but with Sevilla and now this result, I'm kind of wondering how much control we're asserting in these games and how much of a, uh, a say we're having in the outcome of these games. I think, in a way, we're kind of being allowed to dic- feel like we're dictating the results and, and the control of the game, but in actual fact, I think it's more of an opposition thing. I think both those teams who've come to Anfield have not looked in any, for me, real serious danger. And I think... A lot of the games been played on their terms, and that's what's that's what's worrying me now. We're not we seem to be too too willing to allow a game to be spontaneous and a game that that plays out in front of us. We're not asserting the control we need to. You talking about the two games? Yeah, Sevilla and this Sevilla. And, well, Sevilla. And I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with you on that one, Dan, because I think for the first half we absolutely blitzed them after the goal. I, you know, we opened them up time and time again with really really good football. So I'd, I'd call that. Control. Yeah, we, we do, Rob, but what I'm getting at is there's an element of teams just saying to them, and backing themselves to be in a game on 80 and saying, I, I fancy us to be in a game on 80. And I get yeah. you that it's a, it's a knife-edge thing where they can either be out of a game on 20 or still be in a game on 80, but the fact that they're backing themselves to be in a game on 80 or, or for that point 60 means that the outcome of the game is very much set by the opposition and not Liverpool is my worry with it. I, I get, yeah, I mean, I think Sevilla are more made for us because they were they were gonna, they did come at us more than Burnley did, and I think if, if we score the penalty in that game, it's three one. And I, although they could have roused themselves as they did in the in the final, there's also a chance that we'd have then more easily rattled in number four. I think. Whereas I think we've, I mean, we're doing this one again, two, two one down. They're prepared to stay in it to eighty. So I, you know, I, I part agree. This one, this one was more the groundhog Liverpool performance of the last. 30 years. No, is it 25 years? I don't know, but it is It is a groundhog Liverpool performance in some respects. The stats show afterwards, and I feel like I hear these stats every season, that is now the record number of shots on target Liverpool have had in a Premier League game. I think that is, is what came out of yesterday. I wouldn't have said that if you'd asked me at the final whistle, but I've watched it. well, the highlights of it back, and Liverpool do have a lot of shots. Enormous amount of them are really stupid crap shots mm. from, from Philip Coutinho mm. in particular. Uh, but there are a, a plethora of half chances and some really quite good solid chances as well I'd almost I was obliterated from my memory Solanke hitting the bar with about five minutes to go having and and, and when you watch it back we have a penalty yeah. uh, seconds before then so it's another one of those where you go yeah we could have won it 2-1 and we'd have gone Burnley tough opponents we grounded out we stayed in the game we kept making chance we beat it but that isn't the narrative because we didn't do it so it now falls into the other of those narratives which are now been too familiar in the last calendar year which is Liverpool failing to to, to take these these sides that are clearly worse than us to the sword at Anfield in particular 
Yeah, uh, I think what Rob just said. <laughs> um, I, I can't really, I can't really disagree. It, we spoke on the City Talk show on Friday about maybe needing this sort of degree of patience, and I, I said, I said, I felt it was going to be a horrible game, and I don't think it was as horrible quite as I as I imagined. But I don't think, apart from maybe the goalkeeper wasting a bit of time and stuff like that, I don't think Burnley were quite as Burnley as I expected. Um, the, the the obvious frustrating thing is. That this is a Liverpool side full of attacking talent, but it seems to have the same problem time and time again. Unless a side wants to actually come and play, um, it can't. It can't continue. I, I don't. I don't think the, these these results against the, the this ilk of sides are becoming too frequent. You know, we're, I, home I, and away as well. By the way, yeah, home and away. But the, the home one is is, mo- is most concerning. You, you, I mean this. This is as I just said, offside, full of full of attacking quality. We, you know, we're talking in pubs in Manchester City, Manchester for the Man City away game, Robin. You've got Man City side, Man City fans telling you just how good your attack is, and I know we know, but other other people know that as well. And you, th- you think to yourself, we are, yeah, we are, we're really good against Man City or against Tottenham or Man United. You might want to come and play a bit, but, but if you know if Burnley turn up or if. Some other defensive unit, West Brom or whatever, turn up. What what can we do? And we just don't. We just we seem to, we seem to have cracked it. We were saying before the show, we seem to have cracked it last this time last year. But it's almost like we, the turn of the year came and we've just we've just forgotten. It's just to put this in context, Dan, and I want to talk about this first, and then we'll go on to talk about the defender as well, because I think the defender's interesting in intervals, if you know what I mean. But um, Liverpool's this calendar year. Uh, this calendar year, Liverpool against a bottom 10 side, a bottom 13 side, so we're not including Everton or the top six, but including everyone else. Liverpool have only scored three or more goals on three occasions. Uh, West Ham United away, Middlesbrough at home and Watford away, uh, which finishes 3-3. Apart from that, against a, against a side in the bottom uh, in the bottom 10 of 13, sorry, this calendar year, Liverpool have never managed to score three or more goals. And this... I can't work out that this is a confidence thing because it isn't like we don't have chances. It isn't like there aren't decent chances, not necessarily, not absolute nailed on chances, but it's not like we don't have the opportunities. I can't quite work out what it is. Is it the intensity? Is it the fact that we allow ourselves when we are on top to be knocked out of our rhythm? And I, I do think there's a bit of that, but what do you think it is? I, I think that... I think that we don't go into those games with the same intensity, with the same concentration. And I think we kind of just, we, we, we let ourselves be dragged down to a level in, in certain games. And, and when we're on it and when we're going into a game that we know is going to be a big challenge and we know that it's, it's going to be against someone who we're in and around, we're right on it. You can tell from the first minute we're right on it. And you don't get that blown away of teams that, that you know, we should be doing in, in terms of the bottom 13. So... I think, like I said before, I think we're allowing ourselves to be dragged into dogfights and, and dragged into games and, and tempos that are dictated by other, other sides. And, and I get that we're, we're dominating games, but the, the dominance in these games is, is not really laying that much of a glove on. Apart from Hoffenheim at home this season, I'd say, I don't think there's anyone around us who, in this calendar year, that we're... We're kind of just put into the sword and um, and that feeds into a lot of other anxieties, the crowd then, because, you know, for about a year now, I've been saying, can we just win a game 2-0 at home? Can we, can we just have a game wrapped up by 60 and win a game 2-0? And that's... Th- we that- did do that in February against Spurs 
And that's the mad thing is that it was an absolute walk in the park. They finished second last season, get 86 points. They looked like a really good side. And that that was that was your game where it was all wrapped up. That's and apart from that, it hasn't happened. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah. good spares. Yeah, and that's, that's that's the funny thing. And that's like, again, it's we all, we all seem to be buying into this narrative of a, a team's going to come and sit in against us. So therefore, the game has to be a dog. So the game has to be a dog. So we all have to we all have to shit and um, sit tight with the game and, and it gets played on more of a knife edge than a game against any of the top three gets played. And that's that's completely counterproductive. I don't think we're, we're dictating the 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 overall, the, the, the eventuality of the game. I think your word concentration was the, was the key one there, Dan. Concentration. And, it's, and we talk about it in terms of the back, but it's up front, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lack of, you know, you look at the, you look at some of the chances we had yesterday. I was thinking, are they half chances? I see sometimes if I watch Spurs and Harry Kane's in the groove, what, what do you call half chances? Are, are, look, are made to look solid chances by players who are confident with how they're striking the ball. Now, Daniel's, Daniel Sturridge, I know he's, he's rusty. And he actually, I think he had quite laid a decent game yesterday. I'm not sure many would agree with me, but I think he did. But he has, he has about four four better than half chances. Mm. Well, I think with a bit more confidence. And I think if you put him against Arsenal, I think he's, he does score a header against Arsenal, or against Man U, Daniel Sturridge, or, or Firmino even, they take those sort of chances. They're just that bit more focused and concentrated. Maybe because they don't know where the next one's coming from. Maybe because whole, the whole game is about, there's going to be three chances, we will take them. This is the, whereas it's, I don't know, there's a nervy, nervousness in finishing, I think, in those kind of games. I think there's a blase element to it, Rob. I think there's a, 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 a mentality of, oh, well, we'll just get another chance in a bit because it's because it's a bottom 13 side yeah. at home and it's a, and, it, and it's a case of oh well I'll have a pot shot here and I won't carry on playing the next pass because it doesn't have to be perfect because we'll get another chance in a minute and and, and it's against when we're switched on against the, the better side you can tell that every everyone's in tandem with what the, the what the the brief is from the manager and from the coaching and, and I don't think we're doing it enough in, in those those lower games for me it's interesting you say that actually because there was a staff floating around yesterday about I don't know up to what minute it was true but from six of the last seven shots on target Liverpool conceded they've been a goal and it's almost like the sides roll reversed are fully concentrated that if that chance arises you have to take it and the, the sort of blase comment that you make there I wonder if it's because Liverpool can fashion so many chances you don't you don't necessarily feel like that one has to go because the next one's just around the corner. Where side like Burnley, they get they get that opportunity the first few minutes, bang, go. Do you know? Mm, and, and yeah. Because it, they have to they have to have that killer instinct because they're not going to be putting twenty nine thirty shots on at the goal in the game. So. And did you think yesterday, Paul, you compared to, say, the Hoffenheim home game, Arsenal home game and Sevilla home game, you know, the, well, the classic goal in those games, I think, is the goal that Firmino scores the equaliser against Sevilla. There's four on the, in the six-yard box when he, when he puts that ball in the net, aren't there? I yes. think, when that ball comes in from Moreno. Yesterday, the number of times Robertson in the first half puts in two, three good balls, there's one man, maybe one behind him. Uh, you know, there's not enough. Uh, only like one, once, once or twice in the second half, I think we got enough bodies into the six-yard box. I think, key moment. I think if you look at the goal we score, um, is it civilian? Yes, yeah, civilian in the week where Henderson puts the ball down to Moreno, yeah, and the, we're, we're sort of overloading the overloading the box. I, I wonder whether the sort of changes in midfield haven't, haven't helped that. Where there's, there's that little bit of cohesion with the with what you call the sort of proper first 11 but Jordan Henderson's the number six there and he's putting the ball in like a number 10 do you know what I mean that yeah. sort of defence splitting ball whereas I don't think that midfield yesterday 
I, I, I'd love to know any time that that sort of midfield's played together as a three. Suited um, Chan, I thought, but not the others. Yeah, but my sort of point is is that they they knew when to really put the squeeze on the the first team midfield. You know, they knew we can literally push up to the edge of the box and overload. Where you know you've got James Milner back in midfield, and I didn't think he was terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just a bit like a bit disjointed, I suppose. Where you know the, the, the Liverpool side that's the first eleven would know when to go, you know, when to overload, when to drop. There's just I I I didn't think he needed to make the the amount of changes that were made yesterday, and I thought it was re- it was quite disjointed in a game where I think I, missing the ladder. In that midfield, I think every almost every single whenever you go through your list of things that you'd like to see more from that midfield, and I think it's been the case in every game this season, even the ones we've done really well in, where post with the possible exception actually of Arsenal being fair, but where post match what you're actually wanting more of is a lad who is actually an attacking midfielder. Yeah. And I don't think Coutinho yesterday played particularly as an attacking midfielder in the sense of he wasn't breaking the lines without the ball. He wasn't suddenly popping up when you mention numbers in the box. He wasn't suddenly popping up on the penalty spots. He wasn't forcing, forcing it in the right way at the right time. All the things that you want from an attacking midfielder I don't think was there yesterday. And I think that's what could make a difference. He's a pace setter. I I, I feel, Lallana, you know, you get, you get the sort of the, the pressing elements of his game defensively, but also offensively as well. You know, it's there's there's a little thing he just it's like bang, let's go. It's that that little turn, and and it's the way he can move the ball quick and he can sort of inject that Liverpool. We go again. Chances you sort of you're fashioning chances, and Joe, when you're recycling possession, the line is one of them ones I feel goes right. We go again. We go again. We go again. Where it's a little bit slowed down with the other. Uh, Phil loves to touch. You know. I felt Milner likes a touch and we can sort of play across sideways a lot. Shan with, loves a touch. Yeah, they all, well, they oh. all love a touch a bit too much where I think Lallana into Firmino's feet and it's move, it's bang. When Coutinho goes off against um, Wofford last year and Lallana comes on for him, I thought to myself, that's not a... That's not a bad change. Do you know, do you know, was, it, was it last season? Yeah, yeah, well, Ch- yeah. he got injured, a, he got a knock. And it was like... Yes, it's a loss because we lose Phil's talent, but actually what that game needed was a bit of Adam Lallana. And I think maybe yesterday, the Burnley game, is a perfect example of what you miss when he's not playing. I don't know. Sorry, go, Dan, go, 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 go up first. Then. All right. I'm half in agreement with the Lallana shout, but I think it's a bit of an easy one when, we're in, or when we've had the week we have, we've had because nobody thought that after Arsenal. And maybe it's against the smaller teams, Neil, that you're particularly highlighting and maybe I'm being unfair, but... Even so, I think I think we've laboured against the smaller teams. I think Lalana is a counter is a superb counter presser, and you can't always counter press against those teams. Yeah, we could have done with them. I, I think we are lighting. I think Phil Coutinho was a major problem yesterday. He does need putting back in the team, but he was like Coutinho's evil twin. Uh, and I don't know if he's just a, I'm seeing the player I, I want to see at the moment because I'm still a bit sore about what's happened in the summer. But uh, you know, he, Paul says he likes an extra touch. Boy, did he like an extra touch yesterday. It was, it was, there was times in the first half where Milner made some good movements to, to Phil's right and it was just give, go, and, we, and we're in the box here and Phil checked back and checked back two or three times. Um, I, I, I'm not one of those who criticises him for taking responsibility and, and getting a shot away because he's been vindicated often enough, but that was taking the piss yesterday. I thought, I've never watched Phil Coutinho and thought, that's a selfish footballer. With Daniel Sturridge, you kind of accept that he is a bit of a selfish footballer. Because you sort of want that from yeah, him as well. Yeah, you want it from him. It's part of his striker's makeup. Daniel Sturridge is in business for himself and good. But Phil Coutinho was playing like a player who's in business for himself yesterday and it wasn't nice to watch. And I don't know if some sort of confirmation bias in myself, but 
it really worried me that. I was screaming, I had to use Robertson more. Because yeah. that was his ball. That was his out yeah. ball all the time. And, and Robertson was, was providing it. He was up there, he was just running. He, and he, he had he had yards to run into. But it, he was chewing it. He was cutting back inside. And the, the ironic thing with Coutinho for how good he is, he's actually a lot better when he's just another cog in the machine. Yeah. And he, he's got another defined role as, as well as everyone else. The thing I think we're struggling massively with is, and I think as a fan base we are as well, is I think... We've seen that many Liverpools already this season. We kind of feel like we may have lost or we don't know what our identity is. And we can sit here and say, well, we know what a Jürgen Klopp team looks like. We knew what this time last year, the Liverpool side looked like and what its intentions were. This side all feels a little bit, or this year it all feels a little bit of a mixed bag of, of certain different things. And you can sit here and say, well, I want a Liverpool goal to look like Emery Chans against Hoffenheim. I want a Liverpool performance to look like Arsenal at home. You know, I want I want that first 20 minutes against Hoffenheim to, to be defined as, as what this Liverpool team do. But I think we're seeing too many different things. And, and it's fine if we're trying things, but we've got to be getting results as well. When seven players then come in and you've got this uncertainty as well, then it just buys into it. And, and then you see the anxiety. It grows from everyone. And, and then you've got the stuff with the summer. And everything just feels like it's a bit... A bit a bit of everything buying into each other and, and everyone is just kind of a little bit uncertain in terms of who we are at the moment. Feels like an extended pre-season a bit, this to me. Yeah. And I kind of feel like we need to just like, let's stop and start this again here. Even yesterday, the seven changes, it was a process of bedding those lads in. I think Klopp will take away something from that and go, well, okay, um, that uh, that maybe had to, had to be like a free a free negative hit, if you like, because some of those lads needed to get on the pitch and get time. I thought, as I mentioned Sturridge a couple of minutes ago, I thought he was OK. I'd like, I'm sure Klopp will go again with him against Leicester and I hope he, he pushes on from there. I a few in the crowd around me were niggling at him, but I thought he, I thought he was really good. I was just very surprised Oxlade-Chamberlain didn't get a start. Yeah, I was as well. I think he'll, I think he'll start at Leicester. Crowd to my head in history. Crowd to my head in with, with, because, I mean, the Coutinho thing... Half them around me were urging him to shoot. And it was like, are we going back to this? Do you know what I mean? I know that there'd be loads in the ground who were saying no, but there's loads Hello, around me. Yeah. Oh, me. that was the most shotty game, Neil. I was me. thinking, I was so, I was so glad I wasn't have, having to be near you in your rage yesterday. You must have been beside the yourself. The amount of people the whole who, game. who absolutely lost their heads on Wednesday night against Seville when Henderson passes to Moreno and, and doesn't shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you, will you get that? Well, I'm right. No, you know, I know, I was one of them. Neil you, bloody turned around and went, ha! Oh, were you one of them? Okay. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair enough. But it's, it's it's literally one of them. You go, he can see what's ahead of him and his best his best option there is Moreno getting to the line and, put, and putting a ball in. Like, I, I think it's like a... A, a game before my a, a game before my time where fellas always 20, 30 years older than me are always shouting shoot me granddad used to do it all the time and I'm going to myself no don't shoot from there he's 45 yards out it's like a one in a thousand chance of, of anything happening here this this and then, one of the reasons why you don't shoot in these games and I'm, I'm, I am going to bang on about this and it's not just Coutinho but Coutinho was I think the worst defender yesterday or something close to it one of the reasons why you don't shoot is if it doesn't go in and it doesn't deflect then realistically, you're giving them opportunity to get set, to kill some time and to take some time out of the game. If that's because the goalkeeper gathers it or because it's a goal kick, you're allowing the idea there's going to be a restart. And that's almost put the idea that we get a corner in that category because that, that lets them get set and start again. When you've got the ball 
if you're Phil Coutinho, the maddest one yesterday was the one that ended up in the top tier, not just because it ended up in the top tier. You've gone past three. That's three lads now who are behind the ball. Mm. Good Lord, that didn't happen very often. Three of their lads behind the ball who don't expect to be. No, 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 that doesn't happen very often. So you've got three of them out the game for a split second, and that means that the others are going, what, what do we do? We've lost these three. Our shape's gone a bit here. Yeah. You've got them now. You've actually got them in, a, in the place where you want them. So do the thing. Now do the bit that you want to do. Now get behind them or try to get behind them and keep them off balance. And even if it doesn't come, even if it doesn't come for three minutes after that point, they're all still scrambling. And three minutes later, they're dealing with, Dan, the ramifications of the fact that Coutinho went past that lad as long as the ball doesn't go dead. That's it. As long, the, the, the thing is, as, as long as you keep it going. So if you pop it off and your lanes become blocked, then just keep the ball going because they'll mentally fatigue at some point because you're working or you're physically working, fatigue working. or both. Just, yeah, just keep asking them questions. Keep shifting it left to right. Keep moving it left to right. Keep asking them questions. Don't force it. And in the end, we'll get it. It'll come. And like I say, it all falls down to the fact that in games like this, maybe maybe he's just got it, got it on himself to say, well, I have to do this again. I don't know, but it kind of feels like in games like this, we're all too willing to just to just take an easy option, which sounds mad because it's it's like I say, it's the other games where it's it's teams around us that we're, we're doing the, the things right that we need to be doing. It's not a black and white one. The should you shoot or should you keep playing it one. I mean, you know that joke we were talking about, Neil. The other yeah, yeah. the trouble with Arsenal is they want to walk it in. Yeah, but um, I mean, when Sturridge gets the ball, I quite like him to have a look up and try and get a shot away because I trust his shot. Spurs are like that when they walk, when they, when Harry Kane's on the ball, Harry Kane just shoots on on sight a hell of a lot. But we don't have enough. To, but we don't have enough players. I think who should back themselves quite that much. I mean, when, when, when we're coming under the cosh, you actually want the opposition to shoot against you, don't you? Mm. You want them to look up thirty yards out and to give up on ideas and, and blam one because you know the odds are really in your favour. And as you said, Neil, the ball then goes dead. It's it's all about you. I do. I do think. Just on, I want to go back to that, Rob. I think that's a really interesting thing that you say. So, and I think it's important to put it in that context. And this is where again I get annoyed with the crowd. What do you like to see a side do against Liverpool? You're coming up against Simon and you're like, mm. what do you want them to do 25 yards from goal? Blimey. You want them to strike it? Yeah. You want them to feel they've got to strike it. That's what you want them to do. Yep. You don't want them to try to feed it into wide areas, open you up, hang a ball up, all that sort of stuff. You want them to shoot. It's yep. one of them things so, you can damn aside with, isn't it? You go, yeah, well, what? how were they? Well, they just had a few shots from outside the box. It's like, it's that, it's a way of saying they didn't fashion any reasonable chances. You, you, you know that you know, you know in the closing stages of a game where a team's dressed desperately trying to get back at you, when you see their, their midfielder or their forward Blam one from 25, 30 yards. You know that they're, 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 they're nearly 30, done. You know they're finished. The 13, 14 Chelsea game was the was the thing. Was the is the if you can put this in a box and go, this is this is what you don't do. This is where you've lost and you've lost. You basically lost your mind and how to how to play football and create proper chances. It's when you're just taking pot shots from 25, 30 yards out in the hope that something's just gonna. But happen. I'll use that one. That one had the idea that Gerard had slipped over and he was yeah. trying to make amends for it. Suarez's legs were beginning to tie that season. We don't talk about that enough. And Suarez is trying to force it as well. But in there, and this is the this is where this Liverpool side makes so little sense to me. There's something else which is I don't particularly trust it if I knock it, if I knock it off to one of these other lads, rightly or wrongly. That's one of the things that's in there. And this footy team plays brilliant football in the big games that you're talking about earlier on when they all are a team and they're all in it together and they're all knocking it mm. off to each other. And then you get a game like yesterday's and I'm going, I'm, it's not just Coutinho, this really is not just Coutinho. I'm just thinking to myself, lads, just keep bringing each other into the game here because yeah. you're all good players. And I don't understand how you can have that mentality against Hoffenheim in a pressure in a pressure cooker game at Anfield where you've got, you know, you've got to win otherwise last season was pointless yeah. on the one hand. And then Burnley at home, which should be the... 
right, lads, I know each of you is better than your direct opponent. I just know that that's the case. Mm. So why aren't you doing it then? You know, that's that's the that, that's the thing that I just can't I can't comprehend. Have you seen the manager's uh, comments on this, Neil, after the game? He he's 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 and I think he's a, I think he's an honest person, Jurgen Klopp. He's genuinely baffled. He thinks he's done enough to win that football match yesterday. He said, "I've made the changes. I made the changes because I wanted to show the squad as much. He is in not so many words. I wanted to show the squad that they're as good as as any combination of them can be. That we can now play with any combination of 16, 17 players and be as good." And he said, "And we we made the chances." You know, he cited the bit near the end where they should have had a stonewall pen and then Solanke hits the bar. That, yes, he did the Burnley make it difficult. Yes, they have a, a defensive lapse, but they should win that game. And he kind of wants to be... He's quite sanguine about it. He's... he's, 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 he's um, the thing on his face, he looks confused. He says, I feel confused by this. I feel, I don't know, don't know how to process this. There's a, there's a solid quote from him there. He goes, it's our fault. We were dominant, fantastic attitudes. We played good, we're fluent with seven changes, but only one goal. And to be honest with you, that sentence just is, is right because there is there's a, there's plenty of chances, but maybe the thing he hasn't he hasn't said is I, I, there's there's not plenty of brilliant chances. There's a few good ones, Rob, and I, I, I sort of I know we hit the bar and and stuff like that, but this isn't like do you play Newcastle a few under Benitez and Shea Givens making save after save after save after save, and eventually it comes and you go on and win five one or whatever it was that day. I didn't think it was that. There's a brilliant, there's a brilliant save from Pope. Who was it from? From Trent. Trent Solanke. It's a good save from Pope, and then from from Trent. He should save it though. Yeah. But there's the Solanke, Solanke. one. There's the Solanke one. He pushes onto the crossbar, and that I think that is that, that's the save of the match. I think that's a great stop. You've got to make them. You've got to make them chances at home. You know, if you were Manchester United, Everton today. I don't know when the show comes out, but that that today, if if Everton's set out to frustrate United, you're gonna see that happen. You're gonna if you're home and you're the dominant side. You, you you need this, the the whole point of these sides is that they're going to defend well and that the goalkeeper is going to have to do something to keep them in the match. But the thing is, you just need that sort of killer instinct to just go bang and put and put them away. The big, just, sorry, sorry, the big chances I thought were the chances that don't end up being chances that we referenced earlier. The ones that flash across the six yard box where we have gone in behind and it's whipped in and storage is a bit slow on a couple. Yeah, but, he, but, but there was but there wasn't a second man behind him. I just wonder whether it falls into the lack of communication and leadership thing. And I've referenced it with the back four, but whether it's all over the pitch. So what I'm getting at is if if someone is doing the same thing repeatedly, that is, isn't benefiting the team. There's no one on there who's going, lad, just pop that off there. That next time you don't do that, you pop that off. There's your ball. There's your out ball there. There's there's not one bit of communication on that pitch from the back four to whoever's up front. Honest to God, it's frightening. I've sat in two games in a week now very close to the pitch and I always go on about this and I would do but there is absolutely nothing there's nothing and it, and it, it just needs it's back to basics with some stuff if someone's doing something wrong repeatedly and it's not benefiting the team you tell them you put the, you put it in their ear so that because they mightn't be seeing it do you know what I mean you, you're on the ball you're playing in a game you're involved in the game your head might be down at times you might not be seeing everything you might not be seeing your own mistakes it needs someone to tell him. Henderson was warming up by me, and honest to God, I swear to God, I felt like saying to him, lad, will you tell one of these to just fucking open their mouths? Please, please, will, will you tell someone to open their mouths? Because there's a, there's a moment, and I know we'll come on to the goal in a minute, but there's a there's a moment about five minutes before the, the goal where Dice gets Woods and Robbie Brady in, I think, and he just reminds them of the brief, and he's very much clearly pointing at Trent that there's the brief. The brief is, you go long to, on him. 
five minutes later, there's a there's a Diag to Trent where there's an header that he's never gonna win. But there's one just before it as well. Now we short it out beforehand. Sorry, we short it out after when Matip starts going over and doing doing Trent's headers for him. But no one does it before. No one no one sees it. Yeah. No one does it before. Not one person. And I can if someone was to, to shout because I'd have heard it. If someone was to even talk it, I'd have heard it. Not one person says, lad, you're going to have to go and win his headers for him, you know, because they're pulling out onto him all the time. No one does it. And it's, it's. I wonder whether that's across the whole team and not just the back four now. I wonder whether it's affecting us. I, th- I think they want to play with, with, with tons and tons of fluency, but this is back to the cogs in the machine thing, because if someone doesn't, and by that I don't mean for 90 minutes, but if someone doesn't for five, but if, if six different players don't for five, that's 30. If you see what I mean, and I know it's not quite as blunt as that, Dan, but if if the idea is it's all so fluent, and I think that is the idea, it's something that everyone saw them doing pre-season last year, summer 2016, working constantly on shape and movement in an attacking sense. But if someone is, for whatever reason, bad day, wants to, in the case of Coutinho, wants to wants to win the game because he wants he needs this goal. He needs a goal for Liverpool, this lad. He needs to put it in the back of the net for Liverpool or feel like he's had a key contribution for Liverpool. He needs that, whether it's that, whether it's something mental, something physical, whatever it is. I think there's a problem in that. If it's not absolutely fluent, yeah. it, it, it's not quite what it needs to be, yeah, often or, enough. Yeah, or like against these, where the minute you get on the ball, you're getting volleyed because they just, they just want to stop your rhythm. And they want to stop you in whatever you're doing, stop you in your tracks. I think it's. I think they need some credit actually, Burnley. And Clark referenced it a bit. He said he actually said in his post match, "This was our be- not our best result, but our best performance against Burnley since I've been here." And he, he was acknowledging that he thinks they're a particularly difficult opponent. I mean, they get a draw against Spurs uh, last week, and let's not forget Spurs, the mighty, the, you know, the much lauded Spurs, failed to break down Swansea yesterday before we. Uh, kill ourselves too much but Burnley yes they impressed me with their concentration and work rate I thought they're not making any errors whatsoever here they're absolutely the number of times we were in good positions our man would see the pass on would try and thread it but they were very very quick to read it I watched them a lot yeah Uh, probably more than anyone else around here for a variety of reasons Uh, you can talk about it I think (laughs) (laughs) sorry dear (laughs) I think I honestly think that 10 minutes after they go 1-0 is about the most ragged I've seen them since they've come back up. I didn't see them obviously get beat 4-0 by West Brom. But apart from that, they've never conceded four since they've come back up. So they've not, no one's hammered them. Home or away, no one's hammered them. No, they don't get hammered ever because they don't stop. They don't stop doing the stuff that they do. They genuinely don't stop for 90 minutes. So you can praise their concentration and you're right to, but they show that level of concentration every time they take to the pitch Mm. and they do what they do every time they take to the pitch with adjustments, but it's not not hugely different. What I'm going to go on to say is that's about the the 10 minutes after they go 1-0 down is about as ragged as I've seen at a Burnley team Mm. since they've come back up. They, They couldn't cope with what we're doing. But this comes back to, I think, what I was trying to say to Dan before and what I think Dan started the show off saying, Rob, which is, if you can do that in the 10 minutes that follow the goal, you need to be doing it in three sets of 10 minutes. And mm. I think when we're talking about this Liverpool side not having scored four against a bottom a bottom 10 team, a bottom 13 team this, this calendar year, apart from West Ham, I, and West Ham's a good example, second half against West Ham, we absolutely fly at them. For 15, mm. 20 minutes, they cannot cope. And I don't think we put enough five minutes together. I think we've had, a, in all these games, and we always talk about how well we attacked and we played some great stuff. We often talk about that because we do often attack really well and we do play some great stuff. And when we play that great stuff, you look at us and you go, that's brilliant. But what we don't do, we either allow our rhythm to be disrupted or we disrupt our own rhythm. And mm. we don't put that 20 minutes together. That means you can't live with this. We should, pl- honestly, I'm, I'm talking a bit too much here, but we should put together, I think, from when we go 1-0 down, the way in which we start to hammer it, 
we should be doing that right up until the break. The break should come and then we should be doing it for the 15, 20 minutes after the break. And if we do that and we play as we played in that eight, nine minutes after they go 1-0 up, we managed to hold that for 25 minutes on the pitch. We score three goals. But that's what I don't think we're doing. And I don't know what it is and I don't know whether or not it's that the opposition are able to disrupt us too easily or anything like that, but that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I think I think very good teams do that. Um, I noticed as a hallmark of the sides I grew up watching that they had these bursts. You could watch the first 15 minutes and nothing seemed to be happening and then then a sort of secret code word seemed to be said that you didn't know where it came from and then they'd have a blitz of a 15 take the lead maybe score two and then it would happen again later on in the game yesterday uh, at the after Burnley score we have a very good 15 minutes so we you know I turn to my mate next to me and go we're playing really well here I mean not just when we score and after we score we're playing uh, we're playing really well. you know it was a game where you sort of got into a mindset that it's going to be shit early on and then they score early on and then you know actually we're playing well here but after half time it's gradual rather than there's, there's no tempo. There's no there's, there's not that sort of energized uh, phase really in at all in the second half. And the same thing happened against Severe actually. So whether it's whether I it's a it's current quite- malaise, it's, it might at the moment. The trouble with these things is it's very easy to go. This is a, this is a trend which we've seen for the calendar year, and that's possibly true. But sometimes it's a trend for the past fortnight. Sometimes it's to do with early season fitness issues. I think, and I, I do wonder if the, I've seen. I've seen. I'll tell you what I've seen as a trend this season. Even where we've played well, I've seen us tail off really badly in the last half hour of games. I was going to say, is it, is it not a point of when our ten minutes are coming? The ten minutes after we scored against Sevilla were awful. You know, yeah. after we equalised, the ten, the, the 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 last ten against Sevilla were absolutely one of the worst I've seen under Klopp. Us, are we not choosing our moments better? Are we not again? Does it come back that we're not dictating these games as to when we will have our moments in games? If we're only going to have moments and spells, i.e., three ten minutes, are we not then deciding when we're going to have them? You know what I mean? Do you think we <coughs> use the subs? The subs properly yesterday. I I, I was no. surprised in in a frust- in a game that that's frustrating. I think the first change is on 75, 76, isn't it? It's, and it feels... I mean, I used to I used to have kittens with Rafa with his formulaic 63, 64-minute substitutions, but Klopp's beginning to wind me up with, about how we're not really getting them early enough. This is, this is, they're there for a purpose, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, 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 there's a reason the substitute in there, so you can sort of freshen things up and maybe inject a little bit of something you're missing in the game. There's, there's too much trust sometimes, mm. and that's... That's what I. That's my big thing. It, it, like, almost like I, I'll, I'll believe in this result until I'm blue in the face. But that, no, I don't think you said Rafa. Rafa. I don't think that was ever the case. Is that sixty minutes we're doing this because you know it might just put, it might just inject some pace into the last half an hour. You know what you're saying, but the, the predictable last ten minutes against Seville. Well, this, I, I also think that substitutes is very difficult to just go in and make an instant impact. So if you're bringing lads on with 10, 15 to go, it might take five, seven, eight minutes to get going. So you've lost a little bit of that. My, my thing is yesterday, I, do, I don't understand why why he makes the changes that late when the, the problems are pretty obvious 15, 20 minutes earlier. We've got our... The final whistle group and the sort of contributors talking throughout the match and everyone's talking subs 15, 20 minutes before. And I know it's a, an easy thing to do when, when you sort of play a manager to just go, well, I, I bring X on because such and such. But I I thought there was a there was a move there yesterday where I, I was taking Trent off earlier. The, the Burnley weren't interested in going the other way from 60. So 
put James Miller into into the defence, maybe a right back and overload the midfield do when you, know you the, need do you know to. The Coutinho, or... Coutinho substitution wasn't what he yeah, wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, I, I could see that. Firmino goes off. It's a cramp. Um, and then because you see Coutinho's got a knock and he sort of because it's meant to be Milner, isn't it? Yes. That goes off and he loses Firmino and Coutinho, which at the same time, which I thought I thought was strange, but it was also very obvious that there was a. Uh, that Coutinho had signalled that he was he wanted to go off as well, but I think Firmino was so far off the pitch that he wasn't he couldn't sort of withdraw the substitution, you know. Yeah, I'd have done either Firmino or Sturridge on sixty. I was surprised Sturridge stayed the distance, didn't he? Yeah, I'd, I'd have done either. Of them. I don't. I think having both of them on the pitch together is it, it doesn't work for me. I, I think agree. I think Firmino just gets completely lost in the space that Sturridge occupies, and he basically sees it as. As the areas in the pitch he wants to play in, and the thing about Firmino is he wants to isolate himself at moments in games in areas of the pitch. And Sturridge is already in that space, and he kind of gets lost in this no man's land. And very early on, he, he, I mean, look, he might have been fatigued. He's played a lot of football, but very early on, he looked he looked redundant from about this, fifty-five on. This the change you make, though, exactly. You, you know, I mean. not 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 even in game. You make that one if you're making seven changes and you're playing Daniel Sturridge. Don't play Firmino. What's the point? You've got Alex Oxley Chamberlain on the bench, just spent £35 million. Pounds. I don't know, I know this sounds basic, but what's the point in playing Firmino, who's not anywhere near as effective wide when you're playing Daniel Sturridge? If you're going to give him a break, give him a break the time you're going to play a number nine, because he is now essentially a number nine. I don't see the point any longer in playing Roberto Firmino in wide areas. I was surprised by that one, but the only sense I can make of it in Klopp, to give Klopp, not the benefit of the doubt, but his, his rationale is, I think you look at that with the way he's made those changes, he's tried to make them through each department to not make them as wholesale as possible. And I think he's, I think he's gone, okay, I'm changing, he changes three of his back four, actually, doesn't he? He changes two in the midfield. Four of his back five, isn't it? Yeah, four of his back five, including keeper, two in the midfield. And then I think he comes to his front three, who he sees as his... Uh, you know, his prized possession. And I think the the overriding thing is, I want two of those in. I've lost mine. I, I want two of those to stay in. Which, But I agree with you. I think we're all agree, in violent agreement on don't, this one. Don't play storage. No, yeah, that, yeah. That's the one. Play Oxley Chamberlain instead of storage. Keep the system the same. Or, Have two flying wingers. Or play a front two. Or play Because I don't think, I'm not quite in the, for me, no one storage can't play together camp. I'm, I, I'm more in a, in, in, that it's difficult if you want to keep the same shape, camp. That's my thing. It's mm. more if you want to keep the same shape. Because I'm sure they can, Neil, but they can as a two. You know, absolutely can. And they can play them as a two or play a full 4 2 diamond, where it's Firmino who's the tip of the diamond that he's doing more of the Asmolana stuff. And you put either it's Salah to play just as as part of the front, be, be what Origi was in that last season and do it that way rather than do it the other way. But we, we were just doing the same thing with that. But I, I just sort of think as well, he, and I think he wants to get Firmino on the pitch with Coutinho. The, the, yeah. the, lad, the lad that can pull the defence apart through movements and craft and everything that's brilliant about Roberto Firmino can't can't do that from left and right you know this is a lad who wants to sort of occupy two centre-halves to give others space in behind so, so you, you can't do that you can't do that I just think he's completely lost like there's a Roberto Firmino I, I never really liked when he signed for Liverpool and that was when he was playing in wide areas and then the minute he went central I've got a sort of Norwich game in my head and from and I was going wow there's a player in there when, when he's central. In the 5-4 away. I think so, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I just don't I just don't get it anymore. There's, if, you, if, you, if you're taking an opportunity to rest players and then, you, you, and then you're going to play a number nine, well, there's your opportunity to, re- to rest Firmino. And if you, if, if this is a game he's made seven changes. 
you know what I mean? It's, it's like, if you can... You, and it's not that we're even short of options that he could have brought in. And this this is a frustrating thing for me. Is It was almost like just changes for changes' sake. And I, I, like, I'm, I know we've just played three decent-sized games in a week. But if, you, if you're resting all these lads in a week, but well, he's got a week to recover. And... Um, I, I honestly think all these changes yesterday were slightly unnecessary and I haven't got all the, the, the medical stats and stuff in front of me. I, I just think you've got you've got the, the midweek off and then you've got a game next week. You've got a week to recover. Don't don't play around. I hate this when we've got European football. It's almost like, oh, well, we've got to prioritise this a little bit. The, the league's the priority. Uh, the, the league is always the priority for me. And then I think you could have maybe made more changes in the Seville game that wouldn't have affected you as much as the Burnley. I don't necessarily. I think he could have made two less changes. I'm I'm not sure we we we, we score that Slankis goes in that we don't see it slightly differently. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get sanguine about this and looking at where we are now after the start of the season. I think we've what we've got eight points. We're we? in a very similar boat to our to Spurs. You mentioned Spurs before. Spurs have now dropped points at home against Swansea and uh, against against Burnley and uh, Chelsea. Uh, sorry, they were, were they away at Swansea? Sorry, I might have got confused there. But anyway, they dropped points in three games, Spurs already. But, they're, they're on eight points, and we're on eight points. Yeah, and look, I want us to win the league, but I but I also want us to cement ourselves as a Champions League side. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for Liverpool Football Club, that that becomes a way of life. And to be that, we need to be a two-point-a-game team. We, sh- we would like to have had ten so far. We've had three at home, two against top six sides. Ten would have been a nice par for us. We could have, we could have bed settled. So we're two off. We're two off. It's not... Just just like drawing severe isn't a disaster, but it's not great. Eight points from the opening five isn't great. But you run it's out not... to should drop. You shouldn't. You run out. Oh, you, run, of you very quickly run out of the game. That like you, right. you shouldn't be dropping points. You run out of them faster than you think. Well, what it, what it, what this translates to? And we have this. I suppose we, this comes at points every season. Sometimes we react well. Sometimes we don't. We now go with two tough games: uh, Newcastle and Leicester, but two tough, winnable games. And I think whereas you, you before them, you know, if you haven't dropped some points, you go, yeah, four's really nice there. Uh, two a point in a piece is no disaster, but four's what you expect. Now I'm kind of looking at thinking they do need to be two wins on the bounce here. Anyone disagree? No, I think I think what it what it probably comes down to is where we go next in terms of the start. It's a little bit indifferent, but if we can put a run together of maybe ten unbeaten, which we're more than capable of, then in the context of those run of games, we can say, all right, well, we were just feeling our way into it a little bit, and there'll be that sense of looking back into it and thinking, well, all right, we had a few teething problems. We were this, we were that, and we got that player back on the pitch. We got through it. We just what I'm saying is, I think we need a bit of rhythm, and and it wouldn't surprise me if Spurs go on an unbeaten run now, where you know the winning games for fun. And what what I'm saying is, the the season of teams suddenly takes shape, and I think that's what we're all waiting for. We're all suddenly waiting for our season to take shape, and I get what you're saying, Neil. Very quickly, it can be taken out of your hands, and suddenly you're playing for for fourth place again, and it's it's not even October, and you think the, the problem is, I you've you've not really taken enough points from these first five games so, but now you've got Newcastle away Tottenham and Manchester United to come and that and Leicester away yeah sorry and Leicester away but Leicester yeah sorry I shouldn't have overlooked that, that them them games they're, they're not walking the park do you know, do you know I, I well no no I but let's look at the next two let's just look at the next two I mean they're, they're difficult enough I think without looking at big negative sides but what I'm sides. saying is you know, when Neil's, Neil's point is you know these must wins you sort of run out of them quickly you also 
if if you don't string a decent thing of results, you, you're out of it. But, you know, when you, you've talked about title races and you're out of it by October, you, you're very mm. much without some good wins there, potentially out of it by October, and that that is so disappointing um, because this, this, it's January time last year where you sort of go, well, we're out of it. Well, we were five games in last season with with you think we're champions elect and Chelsea and nowhere. So look, this you know this is there's, there's no point. Of course, it does, you'd rather have the points than be having this conversation. But there's no point us doing can our we, heads in here. Can we talk about the defending before? Yeah, we go got uh, Can we talk about the defending before we begin to sort of sum up? I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the fact that um, I spent a lot of time last season, slightly tongue in cheek, but not entirely tongue in cheek, saying Liverpool should have a look at Chris Wood. And the reason why I was saying things like Liverpool should have a look at Chris Wood is because because he's a good player. I genuinely do think he's a good player. I don't think his touch is always great, but I think he's got, you can see he can open his long legs. He's quick uh, for, a, for for a player of his size. He's mobile. He works hard. He doesn't he doesn't give up a lost cause. He's built like a wardrobe. He's absolutely huge. He's so broad. It's ridiculous. Along with being six foot four, six foot five, and I so I'm saying all of this in the context of he is a good player, and. I think he's a better player, for instance, than Akaka, who first game of the season when we went to Watford gave us a torrid time. And my point here is, I'll go, I'll go Paul first on this, is you're going to come up against this player one game in three, one game in four in the Premier League. Minimum, it's going to happen. And I'm sort of all right with the idea that we want Liverpool centre-halves to maybe not be Ryan Shawcross, who, for instance, could probably deal with Chris Wood. He'd, or at least he'd back himself and he'd get themselves into a little scrap. We want mm-hmm. centre-halves who can do a bit more than that. However, they do have to be prepared for the thing that they are going to come up against. That you can't Hanson and Lawrence in this all the time. That you can't just keep gliding through this. You are going to have your life made very, very hard on these games. And you've just got to have, I think, a little bit more of a plan. And I thought first half especially, we did not have that much of a plan for everything that he was always going to do. There's no, there's no scrapper in out of these centre-halves. You know, there's no, there's no one there. There's not a, there's not a dirty... I, I wouldn't fancy, you know, if you're the striker, I wouldn't fancy myself against him all afternoon, centre half of the club. You know, I've got my own personal, not personal issues. It sounds terrible. I don't know. With Joel Matip, I've got a big, I've got a big, big issue with, and it's just a complete lack of aggression. I don't for a lad who's literally possessed with all to height, touch, everything. A little bit of aggression, Joel wouldn't go amiss. You know, I just I don't under, I don't understand what he is without it because he, he's not he's not that he's not this beautiful marauding centre half, almost like real Ferdinand was. You know, where he's absolutely brilliant on the ball. I don't I don't think he's that at all. He's not the Rolls Royce defender people make out he is. And then you, you pair him with Clavan. Clavan's decent enough on the ball. He, and when he, when we bought him, I thought he was going to be a sort of last-ditch defender, but he's a bit more of the same. And to deal with Chris Woods and that, you need you may you need a centre half who's willing to go and just and have and have a go. You know, just there's no physique. I think it's a physique. It's a bit of a Sunday. I feel like this is a bit of a Sunday league shout, but defending's defending. It's it's a battle sometimes, and it, it may not be a battle if you're playing. A Gianfranco Zola, little tricky lads. You you know you can out muscle all the time, but it, as you said, it's it's not that every weekend. More and more sides now are getting 
you know, Harry Kane's the, the best striker in the Premier League, Romelu Lukaku, but just not far behind. These are big, powerful lads who you need to be able to have a scrap with. And these are the lads that are leading the lines of the top side. So it's, it's not necessarily just the, the fashionable, um, sorry, the unfashionable clubs. You've got Chris Woods. The best strikers in the league are also powerful. You, you know, they're sort of, they're not, they're not Suarez's, they're, they're, they're more the Drogba sort of, but is this, this a, I'll go back to you, Paul, on this. Is this a direction of travel thing? For instance, City did brilliantly yesterday at Watford and they scored six. But yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be, if we basically swapped Otamendi and Stones in for our lads uh, tomorrow, I wouldn't be going, oh, that's our defensive issue sorted. Absolutely not, no. So I would, you know, I'd say that they can get themselves into a physical confrontation and come off second best, Otamendi and Stones. We saw it a lot last season. I think even, you know, United centre-half, I've seen Phil Jones look a dope. He's only 5'11", Phil Jones. He's not the biggest lad in the world. And in the meantime, centre-forwards, you're right to say, they're getting, they're technically all very gifted, but they're also getting bigger, more powerful. We go to Newcastle in a couple of weeks, just I said it before, they've got Yosselu. We mm. go to Leicester next weekend, they start the Inacho. If they don't start the Inacho, they might start Slomani. They've also got Vardy with all of his pace. My point is more, if you make centre-halves be less grockish because you want them to do a little bit more, are we basically on a conversation here where well, everyone's got these problems, it's just that we're dealing with them systemically or collectively the worst, if you know what I mean? Maybe. Uh, or I, maybe we're not dealing with them the worst, we just don't know, because yeah, we're not watching everyone else. I, I think there was always that, I've mentioned it again, Vidic and Ferdinand, you know, there was always a bit of this and a bit of that, and it seems like we've gone a bit more, bit more Rio and a bit less Vidic everywhere, and it's not just Liverpool, it's almost like they want... <sighs> They, they, want, they want that little bit more from the centre-halves because they're thinking offensively all the time. Do you know what I mean? So they want they want more Hanson than, than Lawrenson all the time because, oh, well, if if I have a, a lad a little bit more like Daniel Agger, then we can we can step out with the ball and we'll, they can almost act as midfielders when we're at home and we're, and we're, under the, we're not under the cosh and we've got loads of the ball. So they can add a bit to that. But so, but the thing is, you know, the, the Nemanja Vidic would, 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 is the one that against Stoke under Tony Pulis for Ferguson that he's dealing with the nonsense. Do you know what I mean? And that's that. I don't think we've got anyone who can deal with the nonsense because they're all too similar. It does seem to be. I also think going back to Dan's theme earlier on, the, the communication thing doesn't seem to be there. There is there is not a person. We haven't had a personality centre half in quite a while now, have we? And I know that's a cliche as old is it as time. Yeah, yeah, and and an organizer, and that's Tory. Sorry, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. it's just Tory. No, for me, it's no coincidence that Brendan Rodgers has gone and got Tory back in uh, on the, for the yeah. training ground stuff this week. It's uh, you know Celtic are having a little bit of a wobble, and he's clearly had to think about it. It's Tory who he brings in. It's Tory who's the last one who showed what you could do even without playing at times, and then he set things up a certain way. And, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I yeah, no, no, I, I, we're all in agreement on this one. I mean, and I think the the the, the goal conceded, Matip's culpable but Clavin most so mainly because he, he should be the one giving Matip the shout. Matip gets gets caught under the ball but Clavin can see everything and I think he either gives him a bad shout or he gives him no shout and, and Matip sees him in the corner of his eye, takes his eye off the ball but, and it's Matip's to empty and clear and not Matip's, it's Clavin's to empty and clear and somehow the communication is everything that goes wrong there. Uh, my frustration with the goal is that they've just been warned. That 90 seconds before they'd just be more mm. done. That's my biggest frustration. And that if that just comes from nowhere, it's a long ball that's hoisted, there's a bit of chaos. And before you know where you are, it's in the back of our net. Then, yeah, I am looking at people. But my thing is, as a unit, as, nine, as, as, as 10 outfield players, they've just been warned. And they, 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 they've changed nothing. Nothing's different. They're just doing it all again and then they get done. It's exactly the same as the corner in the last yeah, 10. The two corners. 
the, the, the carbon copies of each other. And they and both, me, they both should be goals. The, the, the thing with Wood is, like I touched on earlier, he actually does us a favour at first 20 because he doesn't do what he's being told. He drifts all over across our back, front, our back four line. He's testing a few out. He's yeah. testing a few out. He's, he's, he's just basically putting himself about. And he, once he gets told, no, you play on Trent, I'm sitting there thinking, well, what's our plan for this? What have we What have we set out in the week to deal with this? Because for me, I was crying out yesterday for Lucas Lever to just be stood on his toes. Stood in fr- someone just stand in front of him. The best centre arse in the world don't get involved in dog, dog fights on their own. So you'd have a plan for him. If he's going to come over, let Matip sweep in behind and if there's an header, go and win it. But if, what, what Trent, Matip was going with him eventually, but Trent was sweeping in behind. Now for me, it should have been the other way around. Put Trent on his toes. If he, he, he can't chest it then. He can't chest it because he was surprisingly very good on the half turn for me. Once he got a, a, a flick on, it was very directed or once he got his, his chest or his boot on it, he was doing something with it. So someone stand in front of him, someone big stick behind him and the thing with Clavan is, Clavan, Clavan's mistakes are the mistakes of a four or five million pound defender, not not a forty fifty million pound defender, which is exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his mistakes. So twice in that game, he gets completely sucked into that into the ball, and he vac- for the goal. He just vacates his own space that that he should be dealing with. Arfield's got a free a free shot at goal that he scores. The header that leads to the corner. He just goes, the ball's in the air and he just goes towards it. And the mistakes of a £5 million defender, that's where the bridge is. We haven't got that, we haven't got that £30, £40 million defender who can come in and make mistakes that aren't as dramatic as those of, of Clavan. And I'm doing them down, but, you know, it's costing us in games. And it, he is the third choice centre-half. He's the third choice centre-half. Steve Graves said this about Carrius last year. He went, you bought a, your, your solution to your goalkeeping position for the price of a London apartment. And and it was I've never I've never seen anyone sort of sum this up so much that it was he's not you haven't spent enough money for him to be the the cure and I understand that sometimes you get these little gems in football but scouting and the academy system and all this now is the fact that you don't get an Ian right anymore do you know what I mean I think it's de- I think it's dead interesting the the conversation around around what we're doing at centre-back in terms of recruitment in the last two summers, Paul, because I actually think the weakness, the issue, is as much buying Clavin last summer as it is what happens this summer. Because you end up in a situation where, for whatever reason, the manager doesn't want to do two this summer. And I can understand that doing two centre-halves is against a lot of what he's about in a, in a variety of different ways. So last summer, when he decides he's going to need one more, and, it's, and at that point it's Clavin to come in and be fourth choice, but he very much comes in and he buys a fourth choice. And now where he's ended up is that the ladder we've bought in to very much be a fourth choice, who he keeps trying to make be fourth choice. Sacco's an idiot. And then we go from mm. there and he's trying to sort something out this summer. He's now ended up with this lad as his third choice. When Lovren to me looks fine as a third choice, if you've if if you've you've boxed off one of the top two. And my thing on this is it's sort of echoing your points. You've basically gone and spent five million quid on a five million quid defender to be your fourth choice defender and still occasionally played Lucas ahead of him last season. And that's not being addressed. That's the thing that's not being addressed as much as the idea of Virgil van Dijk coming in to be all singing, all dancing, superstar superstar Liverpool centre-back. But it should probably have been addressed last summer rather than even just this. But he was supposed to be fourth slash fifth, wasn't he, uh, Clavan? And, and now he's third. You know, uh, and this is with... That's not fair uh, on him. With, well, no, it's not, it's not fair if on him. If you sign Van Dijk, he's fourth. 
Yes, because Matip or but, Lovren become third. But but we don't, and this this is yeah. this is the problem that this is a lad who's been bought to be fourth choice centre half for Liverpool, and he spent his whole Liverpool career being third. Now Clavan as a fourth choice drop down. Well, that's fine because you're not going to go and sign uh, Harry Maguire and tell him that you're going to play once every six weeks or not even that. You know, uh, to, if if we get knocked out of the FA Cup, Harry, you're playing you're playing ten ten games this year. That's that's just not going to happen. So you need lads like Ranyar Clav and sort of in the the twilight of their career who who's got the big contract and the big move because he's had a bit of you know he's come to fruition at the end of his career in Germany. The, the the cell the cell's completely different and you know they're, they're just not going to accept it. But Liverpool, we needed either a first choice centre half to knock one one of the one and two down to being number three, or you needed someone better than our current number three. That that's Clavan. And you know, the, it was all right having Plan A, which was Van Dijk, and I completely understand it. But you know we pay, we pay a lot of football for for these seasons, and you can't just go. Well, we're just gonna have a buy this one, you know, and we're just not gonna remedy this problem because you know maybe maybe Van Dyke, maybe not Van Dyke. You might not get him next year. You know, yeah, the tr- the truth is about the defending issue, and we've debated the s- systemic. Is it the, is it a team issue as Klopp likes to allude to from time to time? Even if all those things are true. We probably don't concede half the goals we do just with a better individual in that back two. It's as simple as that. I, but I, th- I wonder if it's two better individuals. Well, I, well, I mean, and this you know, is why, this is why I, I think I thought we should have buy two at the beginning of the summer. I think I said it somewhere along the line. I mean, I get, I get by the end of the summer what the strategy is, but and they're so invested in Van Dyke. Um, but yeah, there was a case for two when you when you when Sacco was so clearly out the running. Lucas was a centre half last season who's gone, mm-hmm. so there was a case for a Johnny Evans level. Okay, the price went from that from being fifteen million at the start of the summer to twenty five, maybe thirty by the end of the summer. But really, but if maybe, you do one of them at the start of the summer, you actually get one for fifteen million, and it's and a headache solved. And, yeah. that, and that at least means that you can relax and you can say, right, we're moving this one along, and then we're, we're going to have more than enough games. You can even trail nonsense like, even if we're not going to do it, yeah, we might do some three at the back, yada yada yada, yeah. Matt might, might do a bit of time in centre mid. Uh, you know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. just come up with some bollocks. Yeah, uh, one or two of them might play fullback occasionally, and then you either solve it or you don't. Yeah, and that's where I think there is legitimate frustrations but on that and this is the my next point is what I mentioned us missing Lallana I think we're missing Klein and I think one of the reasons why we're missing Klein Dan is firstly because of what he gets damned for but there's a lot to be said for predictability and reliability in a teammate certainly one who's playing right back we are not talking here about attacking midfielders you want to see show flair and and moments of inspiration I think that's the first thing I think the second thing though is the other reason why I'm missing Klein is it might be time to give Gomez a run at centre half but at the minute he probably doesn't feel as though he's got the luxury of that No I think I think probably Gomez is going to come back in as soon as he can to right back and that's that's a worry with everything we just spoke about at centre half Klein Klein gets gets unfairly slated for me just for being <coughs> for being good for being solid at everything he does. And I think Ben John mentioned it on a show the other day where he just said we're lacking. He seems to be lacking at the moment the the Milner Klein joining in with midfield combinations that they were given last season. And, and I think we are. And I think when you look at that in the context of Klein was very good at winning his one on ones as well. The only thing you could slate him for really was his final third stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you can't ask for everything out of a out of a fullback. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think we're sometimes guilty of that. I think we are missing him. I think we're missing him in context of just how how raw Trent looks at times and how 
how much guidance he needs. And and I felt sorry for Trent yesterday because I think I think he's just he, he's learning the hard way very much. So in this Liverpool team, out of position as well. Yeah, yeah, but no one's no one's helping him, Rob. Again, no, it, he gets he gets absolutely mauled at City, and you just get the feeling. No one's even if no one's talking to him, they're not they're not even shuttling over and doing just doing a few doggies for him or sitting in for him and just there's gotta be some some more help for him. Doggies. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? It's a funny term. Tell me, God. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't born and bred in the city, I'm afraid. <laughs> My thirty years I mean like that's that one. A, no, yeah, thirty years I've got a new one. Thank you, doggies. You can have that mate. Sake. <laughs> Take it with your dog. That's a t shirt right there, Neil. Dan Dan Morgan's doggies. <laughs> anyway. Don't let that uh, catch on. No, no, no. I mean I've I've watched Trent come through the, the youth ranks and when he's been I've seen City at youth uh, under uh, under eighteen level give Trent to Morling. He's um He's not a fullback. He's a midfield player. And if he's going to be played at fullback, then having flyaway wingers who really don't want to get home that that soon, it's 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 a bit counterproductive. But I do get that Burnley is the kind of game where you can give Trent some license, and I th- and he has his moments, and it's not the worst. The problem is, is we we've got Trent and Gomez now who are being dependent. Gomez is a really really good defender. Well, a really good. Player. Would you play him centre half on Tuesday? You see, that's the problem. Is I think. Jamie, remember Jamie Carragher, one of the greatest centre-halves in Liverpool's history, I think, behind Hans Lawrenson, but not far. He doesn't play centre-half until he's 24. Joe Gomez is 20, 21 now, isn't he? You can't. You could do against Leicester, you could do, but he is. But he will make a mistake, and we saw that at the end of Sevilla. He had a really good game against Sevilla, apart from the last five minutes where he's a nightmare, and he loses his head, makes two terrible errors, and then gets himself sent off. So that could happen against Leicester. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be rushing to put Joe Gomez into any centre half unless the rest of the defence was more stable. Okay. Um, quick prediction for Leicester. Does anyone want to try and give me a team? Flanagan going to start. Yeah, let's do a team. Uh, Danny Warden goal. Danny Warden goal, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, Flan- yeah, Flanagan will be one one side, and well, Flanagan probably right back. I don't think Flanagan's anywhere near that. You know, people have said this all week. I think you will see Trent and. Go- Sorry to answer your, your question, whether I would put Gomez, I'm sure he'll play centre half and Flan Trent right. Do you? Yep. I, I'm not convinced. I think I think Flanagan plays. Um, Robertson, Robertson, yes. or, and or Moreno. I think one of the left back. Yeah, obviously a left back plays. Um, so I don't know who the other centre half is going to be. I think he'll bring Lovren back for it. Lovren I think if he's going to put Gomez in at centre half, he'll want to put he'll want to put one of his two seniors next to him, and I think that might I suit do. Lovren. So do you think? Do you think I, 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 I wonder if the idea of putting of of, make, of saying to Dejan Lovren, "You've got to help this lad out," might help Dejan Lovren. Yeah, out. Yeah, it could yeah, very yeah. much go the other way, knowing what Dexy's like. Yeah. But I you're, think it, you're the senior pro. But I think it might mm. help him to to to. To, to get to be that that figure, and I, I'd like to see that actually. See if see if there's something in that. So I'd I'd be going Lovren mm. and Gomez, and then I'd be making a decision on right back based on. I, I'd rather see if I'm if I'm desperate to win the game, I'd rather see Alexander Arnold start than Flanagan. Yeah, so uh, Flanagan's Flanagan's a player who's struggling to get a game in the Burnley side. No, no disrespect to them, <laughs> they got a point against. So I don't I don't Flanagan is not Liverpool's future. So I I, I don't see I don't see that at all. And I got and, and I give I give Lovren the opportunity to play next to Robertson as well. So I'd probably pick Robertson and then in midfield as Henderson didn't start Saturday I'd look to start Henderson I'd look to start Woodburn 
and think I'd, he's a shoe in Woodburn of the kids. I'd, yeah, and I'd probably I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue if he went Henderson Ajari and Woodburn. I don't think he will, but I wouldn't have an issue with that. Oxley Chamberlain. Do you not think Oxley Chamberlain plays in the front three? Maybe he does. I think I think Oxley. I think or maybe shoe, he does the diamonds. The shoe ins the, the ones who have to start. I think given the competition and they need looking to start. for Tivakarigi in this. You yeah, know, well, I think Solanke would, but of the sort of the fringe players who haven't had enough games. You have to be looking to Solanke, Sturridge, Oxlade, Woodburn, Milner. Those five, you kind of got to fit a team in around I'd, those. I, but he's just done a couple of them. Coutinho might play. Coutinho might play. I think, think what doesn't help us is playing them twice in a week. Because I don't, I don't think the manager's asked about this competition at all. But what he won't want is for us to get an iron going into a league game there next week. And, mm. and maybe there's something in our heads then. And also same with Sturridge. Like, uh, it's in terms of playing twice in yeah, a week. Yeah. Because he can't play Mane against Leicester away. So he may well have in his head he wants to play Sturridge there as well. But, I, you know, if he, if he just basically said to Sturridge after the game yesterday, go home, don't come back, come in Monday for a team meeting, but you start on Tuesday and that's the end of that, then I, I could see that happening. I think Milner's a say, you know. Yeah, so do I. I think he's a say because he, he's not going to just not give him games. One game for James Milner. James Milner's playing three a week, six months ago. So playing him twice in three days isn't going to be a problem. And James Milner needs games, especially at this point in his career. So but I think, I think he'll get more, But he'll want to get more burn on the pitch. Maybe but he plays both, a diamonds. But both. I tell you, I, I don't think, I did think Coutinho would, because he needed the minutes, would start, but I don't because I think he'll want Coutinho in the next three. So I think he might have Coutinho on for the last half hour for his minutes. I'm not sure what Ben is assuming, you know. I, yeah, I'm I not sure so. he is either, but I think he I should think be. I'd like is. to see him. I'd like to get him on the pitch. Solanke, I think is. I think well. Solanke is, but I'm not. I'm not convinced that what Burn is. I thought it was really interesting. They played him in the um, Seville game. The Seville game for the under 19s yeah. is it? Um, I thought that was maybe protecting him a little bit as well. That he that he just sort of took him out the limelight after what okay. what happened with Wales. All right, uh, so we can't pick you a team for Leicester because we're all in violent disagreements. <laughs> it's a nice uh, problem to have to have this many. To have this many who, who could come who through could and also in, could yeah. do with the time. Uh, thank you very much, Dan, Rob, and Paul. It's been the Anfield app this week. Sports Social Podcast Network.